Welcome to the Quorum Deo Podcast. At Quorum Deo Baptist Church, we seek to live in the presence of God, under the authority of God, and to the glory of God alone. We pray that through this podcast, you get to hear not only what God has done here at Corndale Baptist Church, but also what he continues to do and what we prayerfully ask him to do in the days to come. If you would like to find out more about Corndale Baptist Church, then please visit us online at www.corndalegp.com. All right, guys. Well, we are back with the Quorum Deo podcast, and we are continuing to press into this issue of the doctrines of grace, of what in the world is all this talk of Calvin and uh, old men from mm. early church history and their strange doctrines and what <laughs> uh, what is going on. But uh, I, I, I must say it truly has been an encouragement to me because as we have stated throughout these episodes that we are firmly these doctrines do not find their origin in, you know, Luther, Calvin, Augustine, uh, but rather they find their origin in the scripture. And we all can affirm, I pray that the scripture uh, comes from God. It is breathed out by God. Yes, it's written by men, but it is the special revelation of God himself. And so, uh, it's always a blessing when we can talk about the truths of God's word and the men and women who have affirmed them through the ages. And so, you know, uh, I know we've just only scratched the surface and, and that will really be all we do when we finish this. I know <laughs> it feels but, so insufficient. I feel so insufficient for the task uh, at hand. You, uh, you, you gather these questions and I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, man. it's like a, deep dark caverns like it just it can be explored that crazy yeah, yeah i know and all we've done is kind of stepped into the and probably gotten <laughs> ourselves into more trouble than, <laughs> yeah. than actually that. done any good so terrific yeah. i know but you know we, we talk about being protestant and so it's you know i, I think i thought i think i made a shirt or something and it said protestant still protesting or something like yeah that. yeah like, wait, what does that even mean? Protestant. I'm a Protestant, they say. But, mm-hmm. oh, wait, you're being kind of obnoxious and annoying right now in your boldness with the truth. It's like, well, this is what the Protestants did. They they boldly proclaimed the truth of God's word. Yeah. Um, and, and I have to say that, you know, that was something that I didn't I didn't really know much about until the last few years. And um, and I think now having come to having come to this this conclusion uh, that the the word of god does teach these things that the reformers um teriology department mm-hmm. uh were stressing in the sola scriptura sola gratia um sola fide solus christus soli deo gloria um man we can hang our hats on that yeah. and i think that now it's like i can be more consistent knowing that I do affirm these things and the implications of those things. And I feel like the other side um, is on the other side of those arguments in some places because of just, I feel like at least in my life, I was not as consistent. Mm. And so, um, so I'm grateful for, 
I don't know. I'm just grateful for God's grace in, in those things um, and being able to, to find that um, just the peace for my soul yeah. on some of those, those issues and being able to, to say, yeah, no, I truly do affirm those, those Protestant undergirdings, those pillars, as I said, the last episode and, um, and to be able to go forward and, and say, you know, and I trust in the providence uh, the way that God shows us what providence is in scripture in, a, in accord to not only salvation, but in, in all other areas too. Yeah. So. And, and by God's grace, you know, I think as we affirm these, like you say, foundational truths, it also enables us to discern truth from error, right? Because as you become more acquainted with the truth, you're also able to discern by the grace of God, uh, that which contradicts the truth and, and teachings that maybe have the appearance of being new and fresh, but, but as you run it through the uh, confession that yeah. affirmed through the ages and, and that the scriptures teach, you are quickly able to oftentimes disregard it as, as false, um, as a deviation mm. from the truth. And, and it's just, like you say, so many uh, wonderful implications of these doctrines and uh, ultimately desiring to glorify God, you know, in the way that he has glorified himself. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we'll all affirm we must glorify God, but are we willing to glorify God according to how he has revealed his glory? Um, and, you know, you think of Moses there on the mountain, God revealing his name to him and, and his glory. And he says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. And, and it's, this is at the very nature of, of how God gets glory in salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's so good. And we've been trying to work through questions, responses, uh, criticisms of these doctrines. And so we thought maybe last time we'd get through a couple, but after close to an hour, we realized we really need to just extend it into another episode. And so that's our, our, uh, prayer for this round and we'll just we'll be realistic and just try to tackle one question <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> or one and this one is a, a little bit more of a um yeah it's more of a finger food yeah more of a bite size <laughs> <laughs> well you want to go ahead and share with them it's not really a question so much as i guess maybe a common criticism or something or bait. sure yeah and it and it's tied to what we looked at the last time yeah. that we talked, um, it's it's closely tied, and I was surprised that, well, we just spent so much time on that one, but it easily ties in, and and like I mentioned last time too, it, it's tough looking at these things because I know that I know that I think about oh man, all the things left unsaid, yeah. or all the ways that we could have gone with these things because again, it's not just like a a, a rifle, just a bullet out of a rifle, it's a, a shotgun blast, yeah. and there are so many things that get sprayed with with this these questions yeah. different ways that we can answer it through through the 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 scope of scripture and through the doctrines of grace yeah but one of the the things that comes down to sort of in the vein of evangelism and prayer and missions and, and what that looks like is 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 sometimes the charge that 
those who are reformed in their theology, those that are quote unquote five point Calvinist, they don't believe the gospel is for all people. Right. That there's some sort of limitation that then we manufacture to put on the gospel. And just going back to that foundational thing that we started with last time, I think sola scriptura would not allow us mm. to make that claim with consistency and confidence that it's only that it's not for all people. Right. The scripture is clear. Preach the gospel to all men. Uh, scripture is yeah. clear. Go into all the earth and preach the gospel. Again, it was yeah. it was Paul who I stated last time, one of the greatest proponents of election and predestination <laughs> and the sovereignty of God's yeah. salvation in certain texts. And yet he was the greatest missionary the world has ever seen. He was mm. going and he believed that the gospel for, was for all. And he engaged men and he engaged them. I just think you just read through that center part of the book of Acts. He was in places preaching, knowing you know, that this mm. was the hope for all the world. And so he would preach to all men, not knowing who it might be that God, just like you mentioned last time, Lydia heard. God opened Lydia's heart that she might hear. We don't get that a lot in scripture, but we get it sometimes. This gem of the Lord kind of peeling back one of those mysterious things and and letting us in on the the backside of it to go here here's why you yeah. responded right yeah it's like luke just couldn't contain himself <laughs> as he's recording narrative like yeah. okay i just gotta give a little bit of commentary right here you know and he, he puts that in there by god's uh inspiration of course absolutely it's awesome because it brings so much yeah. clarity right one little statement is like okay i see it you know uh, the doctrines of grace operating through the means of God, accomplishing the purposes of God. And you, you just, oh, it's so, so cool. Yeah. Um, and, and it makes me think of um, a passage in, in second Chronicles as well. And the man that it just escapes me, but there were, there were messengers that were sent out all over um, Israel and all over Judea. And uh, what we'll do is we'll have to, I'll have to give you the, the reference and you can just put it in the, in the notes for the podcast. But, um, you know, all these messengers were sent by the King and these guys were to present themselves before the King. And it was a call and a charge uh, that, that they do what was required of them. And it says that they went into all the tribes and in some of those places they were beaten and they were sent away and they were treated unfairly. Just these heralds, these, these really, mm. these, you know, prophetic voices, they were just uh, done away with. But the, the, the men of Judah in particular responded. And there was another tribe as well. Um, so obviously you see that this is off the cuff a bit, uh, <laughs> but, but there's another tribe that responded, but, but God then clarifies what happened that God's hand says the hand of God was with the men of Judah that prompting them to respond to the message. And it's kind of like mm. what you see in the life of Lydia. It's kind of like what you see in different places in scripture where 
it's just one of those those verses that just sort of here i'm going to give you a quick peek as to what what's happening here the providence of god and the plan of god and uh and that i we could explore that one day i think that would be a very intriguing thing it probably again would get us into a lot of trouble when we go down that avenue where we when we talk about <laughs> how god uses how god uses evil <laughs> to his own di- mm-hmm. you know in his own disposition what you intended for evil god right. intended for good same yeah same word you know and what uh, right. and just thinking of of god's use of the devil himself in different places in scripture you cannot you cannot mm-hmm. turn a blind eye to god will use all means of of his creation to his disposal and uh, and we mm-hmm. get it's so awesome in scripture to just get a little peek at that. I say it's awesome. Sometimes it just is some of the most confusing stuff you can read. Mm. And it gives you, it keeps you up at night, probably in a good way. Yeah. Uh, search. Yeah. But it's, it's really clear in scripture. Um, and I think if you were to ask the apostle Paul, and if you were asked, you know, the, the apostles and the missionaries is the gospel to be proclaimed for all they would say yes people must hear because faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of god and it has to be proclaimed and so that's the reason why he would go on to say hey these people that god calls and they run man their feet are beautiful how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of the gospel and it's what god intends um now I've got I've got other things obviously to say about that to kind of clarify some of that. But do you have any anything to to say or to affirm as far as as far as Calvinists don't believe the gospels for all or? Yeah, no, I I think you know and we've repeated this throughout too that so oftentimes the the, the challenge is understanding the position clearly. And then representing it clearly. And, you know, I think for both of us and I think for many people who affirm these doctrines have at different times been falsely represented to others um, on this issue. And, and sadly, um, for myself, I know this has happened to people who I was really called to to lead and to shepherd and then to have others communicate to them that I don't believe the gospels for all people. And I wasn't honestly quite sure how to even respond. It was shocking. Mm-hmm. And uh, somewhat frustrated with myself at my uh, just lack of ability to really clarify what is the issue here? Like, wh- why are they saying this? Why is this being communicated? Because I've never said that. You know, I, I know for a fact I have never said the gospel is not for all people, right? And I think I've never actually heard any, even some of the more extreme Calvinist friends that, that I have or have heard, uh, I've never heard anyone say that. You know, and I think you'd be so far outside of Christian orthodoxy to affirm such a thing right. um, that, that I'm not I, I've tried to think, you know, um, even just in light of these podcasts, where where does that come from? Like, why would someone say that? And I think it probably stems from the the L, you know, the limited atonement mm-hmm. or better, the definite atonement. Right. And, and that we affirm the atoning work of christ is is done for the elect in that sense that the 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 
Christ died for his bride. He died for his church. He died for his sheep. And so we affirm that. And then that is somehow translated to mean, oh, well, then you don't believe the gospels for all people. Um, but that's not fair because the atonement and the gospel are two different mm, things, yeah. right? Like, you know, <laughs> so, uh, so, but I think maybe that's what's going on. And it's frustrating because even a consistent Arminian, uh, if I can use that, that label, yeah. <laughs> would agree that not everyone is going to benefit from the death of Christ. Not everyone is going to receive eternal life. It's going to be brought into the new heavens and new earth through the atoning work of Christ. And so we agree that the, the, the atonement is only effective for those who repent and believe. Um, but when it comes to this issue of the gospel, this message of the cross that Christ has come, you know, we're coming up on, on Advent here and, and celebrating the coming of Christ into the world for all men, you know, and, and, and we affirm that. And we, we love that truth that, that Christ has come for mankind without discriminating of race, color, tongue, you know, and, and so I guess just to encourage people to, to make that distinction between the atonement when you're talking about the atonement and, and the gospel message going out freely, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, or not, but no, and it's it is a distinction that obviously somewhere along the way we we have to make it. And I think one of the ways that we could just sort of in a quick blurb, if we were to say anything about this, to just summarize, I think what we can say is that the gospel is to be preached to all without exception, mm -hmm. to all without yeah. exception. But we must be able to look at scripture and even experience and say, but people are saved, not all without exception, but all without distinction. Meaning mm. Paul would say right. those sorts of things. John, the apostle John would say those sorts of things in scripture. And we have to understand that he's, he's talking, look, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. The gospel proclaimed to you, God can save male or female. He can say, yeah. he can say Jew or Greek. He can save slave or free. You know, and so there's these mm -hmm. there are these distinctions that that the gospel can uh, just obliterate these distinctions. Yeah. And those who, you know, and and, and those who hear the gospel and God as opens hearts that they will respond without distinction. Um, but like, I, I think you're right. It, some of the, the questions really come down to some of these finer points of doctrine and, and they come down to the, the, the way you consider uh, grace being resisted and, and the, the way that you consider uh, the atonement. And, and of course, you know, we were talking last week about this idea of hyper Calvinism and how that it, to, to go too far in one direction will lead you to errant practice. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think the other direction also is, you know, too far that direction. And in, in not only are you an open theist where God just takes information in as it comes and he's a passive agent, but also right. um, you've got you know, universalism 
to the nth, to, you know, also to the nth degree. Uh, that that if you take that road and you follow it out to where it's going, um, that that's where some of that can lead as 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 well. So we have to be careful. And I just think of one of the things that that you said. It just reminded me of for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And so often we hear this: whosoever, whosoever. Uh, believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and uh, whosoever is not in the in the original language it's pasa pistuon um, each one believing in him shall not perish but have everlasting life do we know who it is that will believe no and so that's why we sow the gospel not knowing whether it will reach fertile ground or stony ground or hard ground, we, we've just been called to, to sow, to sow, um, and mm-hmm. trust the Lord with the rest. Yeah. And I know I was getting technical there, yeah. but that's one of the, the, again, that's one of the beauties of, of having tools at our disposal for looking into the, the original language and, and knowing it and, and having places that, you know, praise God here in the Western world that we have access to this and can go to school and, and learn some of these things that, um, yeah, but again, you don't have to have a degree in theology. Mm-hmm. You just have to read your, you know, do your best to read scripture, do it in a consistent manner, I think. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily thinking limited atonement was was the way to go there, but I think you're right. And that's one of the, the finer points of doctrine that can sometimes make it seem like we don't think that the gospel is for all people. Now it is to be proclaimed to all, you know, that that's, that's true. And we believe that. Um, But what has God purposed in from before the foundation of the world? You know, I think of where it says, before the foundation, if your name was not written in the Lamb's book of life, before the foundation of the world, then you will worship the beast. Mm. I think of some of those 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 texts that mm. show God's divine decree from before before eternity, and then the purpose of the Son, his name shall be Jesus, because he will save his people. He won't try and fail. And the Spirit of God who comes along to make yeah. sure that those for whom Christ died, they will believe. Um, and again, yeah. even these things that as they leave my mouth, I know how they will be taken. <laughs> and I know that the, the ire that those things yeah. bring. Um, but that's just the, the most consistent way um, that I believe that, that scripture speaks of these things and wraps these things together yeah. um, to some degree. Absolutely. Because I, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, that I think when people make a statement like that, oh, those Calvinists don't believe the gospels for all people, um, they're confusing two categories. You have the, the sovereign work of God who saves and, uh, and who must be the one to bring about our salvation. And, and you have that, you know, great, covenant between the father and the son what jesus references in john 6 you know that all whom the father has given to me come to me and i will lose none of them 
And so you have this, uh, you have this, this covenant between the father and son and the spirit. And, and that's all mysterious to us. And we're not, we don't know the names that were given to the son and we don't claim to know them. But the gospel, the sharing of the gospel is that, that, that human responsibility that we have to take that message and to share it, to proclaim it freely to all and, and without discrimination, like you were saying, um, to, to call people to repent, call people to believe upon Christ, tell them that if they will repent and believe, they will be saved. And we can, we can confidently tell them that, that if you repent and believe, you will be saved, as Paul told the Philippian jailer. Um, believe upon Christ and you'll be saved. And, and we don't have to, you know, somehow cross right. our fingers behind our back when we say that because we're knowing that unless the, the sovereign God brings about that work in their heart by the spirit, enabling them to repent and believe through sure, that gospel sure. message that and, they want. And I think you're can. right on that. Uh, and so and it, I just want to interject this. That is one of the main sources of contention, especially yeah. in our, if we're thinking about the, how these, this question is tied to the last um, in evangelism. Like how can you look at someone mm. and say, God loves you and died for you. And it's like, no one, mm. no one really has the freedom to do that. But you, what we would say is that Christ died for sinners because he did. Yeah. Of which you are. Yeah. We are all sinners. Christ died for sinners. Yeah. Um, I was gonna I was gonna go two different directions here, but I want to just share with you one of the things that the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith says. You know, we ended off on that the last time talking about good works. Yeah. But, I think it says something in chapter 20, uh, verses two, verse two and three. Uh, and it says, this promise of Christ and of salvation through him is revealed in the word of God alone. The works of creation and providence when assisted only by the light of nature do not reveal Christ or grace through him, even in a general or obscure way, much mm. less are those without the revelation of him and the promise or gospel and able to attain saving faith or repentance by seeing these works of God. And so we go beyond the general revelation. We talk about specific revelation. The gospel has to be preached and it has to be preached to all. And so the next one says the gospel has been revealed to sinners in various times and in different places, along with the promises and precepts, describing the obedience it requires the particular nations and individuals who are granted this revelation are chosen solely according to the sovereign will and good pleasure of god the choice does not depend on any promise to those who demonstrate good stewardship of their natural abilities based on a common light received apart from the gospel no one has ever done this nor can anyone do so Therefore, in every age, the preaching of the gospel to individuals and nations has been granted in widely varying degrees of expansion and contraction according to the counsel and the will of God. So thinking along those lines, I think there are a couple of scripture that I want to I want to throw out here that I think just kind of hammers down this uh, idea of the gospel being proclaimed to all, but the the goal being in mind for Paul in particular, as he talks about preaching the gospel for the sake of a certain group, as you've mentioned, 
So when he writes to mm. Timothy in Second Timothy, yeah. he says this in verse eight of chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two, verse eight. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. And and there's so much there, but I would Mm. say that verse 10 kind of hammers that home. And Paul says this again in Titus chapter one. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of Titus one too. That's Paul servant of God and apostle of Christ Jesus for the sake of the of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness and hope of eternal life, which God who never lies promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching, which I have been entrusted by the command of God, our savior. And so there's another connection of the preaching of the gospel. He sowed that seed, but he knew that it was for the sake of the, he brings that, that word up again for the sake of the elect and then the confidence that we can have, those that have, oh, how God um, just envelops his children with confidence and, and assurance when he says in the great golden chain of redemption, when he writes to the Romans in Romans 8, for those whom he foreknew, which is not a passive act, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And this is verse, verse 30. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And I think that that word there, called, is so important because there is this general calling. We sow to all men, sinners repent. Yeah. But is that is that what is is being talked talked of here? This general calling, I, I, you cannot read it and think that that's the case. This call goes out to all, but this calling right. here is categorically different because of the next steps that he talks about. You know this this calling leads to justification, and the, and then justification. God doesn't just drop the ball; he he leads those that are are called are then justified and they're glorified. Um, God is clear what he begins, he finishes. And I think of the sermon that we preached just this last week, probably both of us, I might be a little bit behind you, but Philippians one, six, the good work that he began in you, he will see Mm. to completion. Um, We have to believe that God works effectively in an effectual calling for those that he that he has chosen um, throughout Scripture that is is being manifest and um, yet, but we don't limit the gospel to our own devices, to our own minds and imaginations, to who we believe is going to respond in in, in faith. We have to sow the seed, knowing that God yeah. is the one who gives the increase. Absolutely. And, and it's hard not to, 
go into further discussion regarding the atonement because you know like like you say they're so closely connected as we as we think about our responsibility in in sharing the gospel freely that that general call going out that that we are as the church are responsible to be faithfully doing however we can wherever we can um making that general call uh, as jesus often would cry out in in the, in the temple uh area there and, and you come to me um, all who are weary and heavy laden you know and there's this general call going out and i think that's what we're talking about when we talk about the sharing of the gospel and we wholeheartedly absolutely 100 percent affirm that general call that gospel message is to go out to all people and and then if we want to talk about um, the mm-hmm. effect of that like you said that effectual working of god and and the, the, what that produces in the heart of the believers well that that really is an, another discussion yeah. we'll, we'll force ourselves to Mm-hmm. to wind that yeah. with us down and uh, and maybe in the new year uh we can we can look at some of those issues because they Absolutely. are so so helpful in, yeah. in now understanding this. in this episode yeah. and in the last i just quoted a few things from the 1689 baptist confession of faith and i know that that's another shot that people might take as well Th- those are the the confessions of men but uh it's firmly rooted in scripture and in all those those things that I quoted, mm. there are scripture at the bottom that are proof, you know, proof texts of these things that are are, are there. Um, I've got copies of it. You've got copies of it. If anybody's interested, and if anybody wants doesn't want to go through us as middlemen, um, you can find it on the founders website, uh, founders.org. Mm. and the founders is a Southern Baptist organization. And uh, they produce this because many Southern Baptist churches have this as their confession of faith, the 1689 Baptist Confession. Mm. Um, so to end, I want to just read this last. I think it's going to summarize it really well. And this is, again, chapter 20 on the um, let me give you the, the heading here, uh, the gospel and the extent of its grace. And number four says the gospel is the only outward means of revealing Christ and saving grace. And it is abundantly sufficient for that purpose. Yet to be born again, brought to life or regenerated, those who are dead in trespasses also must have an effectual, irresistible work of the Holy Spirit in every part of their souls to produce in them a new spiritual life. Without this, no other means will bring about their conversion to God. So let us faithfully proclaim that message and rejoice as God uses it to do what only he can do. You know, that, that really is mm-hmm. the call. So, well, thank you, um, brother, so much for your time and uh, appreciate it so much. And I wish we could just continue going for another couple of hours, but I know we've both got young families and wives who uh, probably need some backup with hey, those kiddos. Yeah, and so. you more than me because you've got rowdy boys. And right now those rowdy boys are, um, the, the plague has visited your house. And, and I, uh, <laughs> I, I pray for you, my brother. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, lots of popsicles. I think that's really what's going on. You know, they know if they're sick, they get popsicles and, and dad will give them some Gatorade. And You're so good like, for that, oh, man. You're that. good for that. <laughs> 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 well, 
Well, God bless you, brother, and uh, pray you all have a Merry Christmas as well as we rejoice in the first advent of our Lord, and we'll hopefully be continuing this consistency into the new year uh, mm-hmm. is our prayer and goal. Soli Deo Gloria. Thank you for tuning in to the Coram Deo Podcast. If you do have any questions or even a suggestion for a potential podcast episode, please visit us online at quorumdeogp.com. And we pray that through this podcast, you also may live Quorum Deo.